Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Roswell in the 21st century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 474 
Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello, my visionary friends. Thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiecka, on another exciting adventure into future possibilities. This is Mission Evolution, where we share innovative thoughts and information with today's leading esoteric and scientific experts, supporting the co-creation of a better tomorrow. You, my treasured audience, are a very important part of this discussion. Email info at missionevolution.org with any comments or questions. We'll address them on the very next show. So grab a notebook, sit back, and enjoy. This hour we'll be exploring Reframing the Universe, Evolving Consciousness. There's never a better time to embrace the evolution of consciousness than in the middle of chaos. If there ever were a time where all normalcy has been shattered and the future is up for grabs, that time is now. We respond to this, how we respond to this shakeup as individuals and cultures will shape the future in ways inaccessible for generations. In order to do so, we'll need to think out of the box to the point we reframe our concept of reality and the universe itself. With us this hour to embark on this amazing journey of consciousness is Richard Grossinger. Richard has a BA from Amherst College and a PhD in anthropology from the University of Michigan. He's a founding publisher of North Atlantic Books and the author of 40 books, including Plant Medicine, The Night Sky, Soul and Cosmos, Embryogenesis, Species, Gender and Identity, Dark Pool of Light, Reality and Consciousness, and his latest, Bottoming Out the Universe, Reality and Consciousness. His website, richardgrossinger.com. Richard, on behalf of our listeners and myself, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thanks, Gwilda. You know, naturally, COVID-19 is the foremost on most of our minds right now. So let's just open up by what's your take on it? Why do you think we're facing this particular crisis at this time? Well, I, I think that, of course, we don't, we don't know quite why we're facing it at this particular time. We, we can make guesses and we can sort of fit it into, into stories that help us understand our larger journey. But I think what it calls attention to is the fact that no matter where, in, in what conditions we're living, that, that our life and reality are themselves a mystery, and that we're always in a state, if not of crisis, at least of unknowing and of traveling in a kind of darkness and um, towards, uh, towards something that's meaningful and filled with wonder, but also frightening in ways. And we become very good at creating bubbles for ourselves, ways to um, protect ourselves and make up smaller stories that have, have shapes to them that, that we can live more easily. And then something that like this comes along and shatters all those stories, or at least um, um, disorganizes them, and we suddenly realize that we're just in a kind of wide open universe and that we have to start again kind of creating 
our reality and and finding finding out who we are and redefining w- what the meaning of our existence is to us. Uh, well, you know, we, we all know the negative side of the pandemic. What do you see as the opportunities being presented here? Um, well, they're probably the same opportunities that everything presents, which is to continue our dialogue with, um, to continue our dialogue with life itself, with this condition we, we've, we've found ourselves in. And I think it's, uh, I already have run the dangers of trying to be too optimistic uh, because the, there's not only a lot of suffering and death, but it's disproportionately distributed. And there's, uh, there's a tendency to um, take our own opportunities and our own sanctuaries for granted. Um, I don't think they should be taken for granted. I think we should um, be grateful for them uh, all the time and kind of live that gratitude. But at the same time, I think we should always be open to the fact that that there is possibility, that existence itself is possibility. And so... um, you know, I I haven't always lived up to that myself. Probably half the time I've been discouraged, and I don't just mean through this, but I go between discouragement and and kind of a sense of of um, of hope and epiphany. But that that rhythm seems part of the nature of life. Let me see if if I'm following you here. So it's like we we create these stories to in order to feel safe, but they aren't necessarily true. Um, they're tr- limited in their truth as as it as it applies to the whole. And then something like this comes along and shatters those stories, and all of a sudden we're kind of left adrift. We don't know what's real and what isn't. And that would kind of explain all the different information going around right now and the the state that people are in. How do you see the chaos at this time bringing an opportunity of evolution of consciousness? Well, I think our stories are, are true. They're just, they're just partial truths because the truth itself is so vast that it's incomprehensible. The big picture is incomprehensible to us. So our stories can be true and still contradict one another. Um, and, and, and that's part of just how, how it works. I I think I think in a ge- and in the general sense of answering your question, things weren't exactly going so well before this came along. Um, uh, whether we look at it from the standpoint of uh, our interaction with the um, environment, the ecology, the atmosphere, um, we were completely out of uh, we were to a large degree out of alignment. Our technology was was running away with our, our spirit and consciousness. Um, our politics, maybe they always were wrapped around money and power, but it had become so naked and blatant that it was almost a parody of itself, both nationally and internationally. And things were, uh, I mean, people had very um, pessimistic views of the future we were heading towards. So it's not as though some wonderful utopian thing happened. Um, a, 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 a negative thing happened, a further negative, a pathology. But 
it shook up the patterns and broke us out of um, out of many of the illusions that at least some people had about not only how things were working out okay for them, but how they could be um, kept stable uh, indefinitely. And this came along and said, no, you're, you're out of alignment. Um, you, you, your so-called stabilities are not really very stable. And, um, and so it's almost like, here, try something else. Try, uh, see how you can reorganize once the parts are breaking up, broken up. And go ahead, Gwilda. It seems it seems like what you're saying is there's you know a, a large shift of consciousness available to us at this time. How does science explain consciousness, and how does what you're talking about differ? Um, well, that's that's certainly um, a question I've kind of gradually more and more probed in my writing. Um, I know when you're listing my books, I was thinking there always were too many of them because I just, it never seemed to me like separate books, but that I was writing as part of a meditation and a quest for meaning. And at a certain point, maybe about 10 years ago, I hit upon a kind of, um, kind of, what would I call it? It was just a sort of, a sort of split that had always been there, but I had never acknowledged it. That on the one hand, all the scientific descriptions of consciousness, how we came to be conscious, how it evolved on the earth, were based on uh, molecular models that assumed that consciousness was a random result of nature running algorithms um, with nothing behind them. And, and they simply arrived at consciousness through uh, as a means of gathering energy and increasing each organism's supply of that energy. I mean, I'm, I'm condensing this rather <laughs> by a great deal in order to sort of get it said and then contrast it to the other, the other definition of consciousness, which is more the spiritual one, the Hindu, Buddhist, and also Western um, spiritual um, definition of consciousness, which is as something that arises of its own. It was there before matter. It's part of the basis of the universe. And it isn't brought into being by molecular evolution. Um, that simply merges with it and brings about this particular form of it on this one planet and maybe other planets. And well, my I'm writing was to work with that distinction and try and bring them together. Well, I want to go into more of that distinction because it's it's really intriguing. Um, I, on the other side of this upcoming commercial break, Richard and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to The Mission Evolution, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. We'll be back.
Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third-generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Jenny as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that link some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet's day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Hello again, this is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To all our faithful and thoughtful listeners, we really value your opinion and would love to hear from you. What do you think about our current view of the universe? This information in from a member of our audience regarding the episode entitled, The COVID-19 Challenge, Preserving Relationships, R.A. Shares. My wife and I really needed this information right now. I was just starting to feel like a terrible husband and father. It helps so much to understand why we're going through what we are and find creative ways to work with it. Thanks for sharing, R.A. I'm glad Dr. Engelberg and I could bring much-needed information during such a challenging time. Curious, dear audience? Visit our archives at missionevolution.org 
listen to the episode entitled The COVID-19 Challenge, Preserving Relationships, and let us know what you think. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and give me your thoughts or questions so we can share them on the next show. With this, with a sour discussing the innovative power of reframing the universe, is Richard Grossinger. His website, richardgrossinger.com. Richard, we were just starting to get into consciousness, and that's just a fascinating place to go. Um, what new old concepts do we need to entertain in order to evolve our consciousness? Uh, I don't know that we can help evolving our consciousness. Just, uh, just the kind of process that each of us goes through every day of using consciousness, of holding dialogues with ourselves, of occasionally wondering what, what all this really is. Um, I think consciousness evolves through that and that it, its own inherent quality is to want to expand and know and to assuage its curiosity about itself. When, when you were speaking just before the break, you were saying the difference between um, the scientific view that consciousness just kind of evolved in the, in the organism versus consciousness was always there and the organism evolved into the consciousness. Did I state that properly? That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> for, for a layperson here, bear with me. We're both lay people. <laughs> so so th- how does that conflict with let's go back to our stories that's my story and i'm sticking to it so how can we don't we have to kind of uh step out of our stories to embrace a larger reality um by that do you mean a reality that has space for all the different views of what consciousness is exactly um i yeah i think in a way that's that's what what I'm doing when I wrote the book, what you and I are doing when we're talking about it, we're creating platforms for not only our own thoughts about this and the evolution of our own thinking, as you were just talking about, but also for creating a community of thought and, and sort of sharing our own process and where we each are with other people so that we're kind of consciously as well as unconsciously working together to, um, to shape and move along this, this kind of mysterious enterprise uh, of reality. So the community of thought, as it's been running amok with all our stories that we're sticking to, hasn't that created the reality we're experiencing? Yeah, but I... It, it, we could call it a muck, but we could also just say, well, this is where it's supposed to be at this point. And one of the things that I, I've written about a lot, because I keep running into it when I kind of run my own ideas, is that the things that seem chaotic or um, painful or simply wrongheaded are in the universe, too. And they represent the density uh, of the universe, that if things worked out and we could simply live in the ideal reality we imagine or are trying to create, it would be a very thin and shallow universe. And it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have the, um, the texture and the substance and the potential for evolution that this universe has. 
So I think we have to, uh, even though we don't want to, we have to tolerate the, all the um, potholes and disasters and um, aspects of human be behavior that are horrific and cruel because they're there. If they weren't there, they wouldn't manifest. And since they're manifesting, we have to redeem them somehow. We have to cure them um, or um, dissolve them in something else. And I think we're in a phase like that. Um, somebody was saying to me yesterday that weren't the 60s and 70s a kind of golden time and things have gotten only worse since then. And in a kind of external way, I think that that does seem true, um, just in appearances. But you also have to think, at least I do, that the 60s and 70s were a bit of a chimera and um, a foreshadowing of what was possible, but that there were so many shadows in it that hadn't manifested. And then the shadows began to manifest and in my view, we're just we're moving deeper and deeper through the shadows that we have to pass through to get to something that actually has staying power and that we can build on. To get to the very thing that we were um, um, idealizing about in the 60s and the 70s. You know, yeah. in, in all the traditions that I've studied, um, the older ones, you know, like Celtic shamanism, all of them have um, a concept of the joy, sorrow, sine wave. Um, and again, it's expansion, contraction. That's the way everything, you know, breathe in, breathe out. That's the way the universe works. And if we try to hold on to the joy, but we don't delve into the shadow, into the sorrow, then process stops. And so I, I really, I really am aligning with what you're saying about we need to move through the shadow, and that's pretty much where we are right now, isn't it? Uh, it is. Um, my um, astrologer friend Elias Lonsdale referred to it as the abyss a few months ago to, when we were talking before COVID came. Um, uh, I was struggling with all sorts of stuff, and he said, "Well, when you walk the abyss." you no longer can go back to where you came from. You don't know where you're going, and there are no real signs where you are. Um, and that that's not a good place in terms of where we would choose to be, but in another sense, it's a place of tremendous richness and productivity because it's the only place from which something different can emerge. Otherwise, we would try and kind of inch our way there we were trying to just go from comfort zone to comfort zone, and we would never experience the abyss or or the kind of the the shadow that you have to pass through to make sure that the light um, is more than just a, a kind of a kind of temporary reflection of something else. And that, of course, in a different way, matches the Buddhist perspective that. Um, everything is impermanent. A friend recently expressed kind of wonder about the um, indestructibility of impermanence, as he put it. Um, uh, we, we can't hold on to the joy as joy in the, in the pure sense, so we have to hold on, hang on to it as something else, as the passage through it and the continuous return. 
the loss and return, which is kind of what you're saying. I find it interesting that at this particular time in history, we're going through this on a global level. What do you think is the 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 meaning of that? <laughs> I think we have to give it um, our different our different meanings, but just the use of the word global says so much. Um, in a way, there's there's been nothing else that's been explicitly global, although everything has been global. The economics are global. The supply chains are global. I mean, all of this is made explicit to us now. But here's something that's concretely global that has replaced all the things or many of the things that people are calling it, were putting their attention on. Every sporting event is gone. Um, every restaurant is in principle gone. Every social gathering is gone. Um, and, the con and the condition or the terms for it are global. So it really, it really focuses on, us on the global nature of our situation, no matter how different the local forms of it are. And what I find interesting is good old COVID is an equal opportunity <laughs> a virus. It, it, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or black or white or anything else. We're all affected. Mm -hmm. And it's a mystery um, who gets it. It may be equal opportunity, but it, it does have some sort of um, some, it's making choices. I don't know how it's making the choices. Some of them are obviously economic and um, and in areas where people can't afford to protect themselves they're they're less protected but even even in those areas and even in areas where people are protected there are inexplicable choices being made about not only who gets the disease but who gets it seriously enough that they they um, are profoundly, affected and changed in their lives or they actually cross to the you know to the next world they well, they leave this plane we're going to have to pick up on this subject on the other side of another quick pause richard and i will return to the discussion shortly you guys stay right there this is mission evolution and we're coming to you on the exxon broadcast network www.xzbn.net How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. 
Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. Audience, If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution. Did you know our entire Leading Edge Information Pact episode collection is available to listen or download with our compliments? Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. Our special guest this hour is Richard Grossinger. We're speaking about reality and consciousness. You can find out more about Richard and his books on his website, richardgrossinger.com. Richard Let's address our concept of the universe, because I think it's going to all circle around to this. Where do you think the universe is sourced? <laughs> well, I'd almost want to throw that back on you and see where e- each of us thinks the universe is sourced. I, um, but I, I think I would first start to answer that by the cue I picked up from others, which is, that it's not really the universe we're talking about, it's all that is, um, which speaks to the subtitle of my book, Why There's Something Rather Than Nothing. Um, the all that is probably includes multiple universes, multiple probabilities, and, um, and dimensions that are beyond our imagination. 
And that's why I think that um, conventional uh, uh, cosmologies out of science and physics and biology, et cetera, are, are limited to one particular phase of all that is. And where that is sourced, obviously, I haven't a clue, especially in language and especially um, early in the morning on a random day in a random galaxy. But I think that the, uh, that the best way to look for the answer is to look at ourselves because we're rooted in something and our being is rooted in something. So if we want to know what that something is and what its nature is, look to our own selves and our own nature and look inside the stories that we make and the longings that we have and the ambitions and the frustrations. And somehow those must reflect the source of the, of the whole thing and the nature of what it is we're in. Um, that's the difference between, I think, science and spirituality. In science, this is all random and it doesn't matter. And the, and the feelings and desires that we have simply come up because of happenstance molecular interactions. And in a more spiritual view, all of these things reflect endlessly deeper layers. And we're experiencing through ourselves the truth of our own reality. In that sense, this is this entire construct is, is created by us, it's designed by us as our own platform to understand who we are. In, uh, in my own book, uh, I don't... So, so lay, lay back up a little bit. Okay. So are we talking micro, macro, or are you telling me that the universe is sourced within as well as without of us? Um, I, I, I think that, that, that it's sourced where the distinction begins to fall away. Um, and what we find within and what we find on a micro and a nano level and beyond begin to resonate with what we see as we look further and further out. And, and the distinctions that we make are more like working distinctions. Um, they're necessary to navigate the reality, but they're, they don't ultimately define the reality. You know, the one thing that I've, for some reason, been tuned into all my life is if I want to understand why something's doing what it's doing, I look to nature. You know, how does it work everywhere else? And that really tends to expand uh, my concept of, of, you know, the operation of what's going on in my life at any given time. If we can take that further afield, do you think we can get a much broader uh, viewpoint? Uh, I think anything we use um, can give us a much broader viewpoint, but we can't cherry pick. I mean, nature is filled with ferocities and violence and obliterations um, that are just enormous. And that's part of the reality too. Um, COVID is part of the reality, is part of nature. Um, so um, I think, yeah, we, we can look at nature, but we can't um, project onto it our, our own kind of idealistic view of what it is. We have to accept it, uh, accept what we experience and, what, and what's 
out there. Um, what goes back to that balance of the positive and the negative being part of the whole, yes? Um, yeah. Um, it's, um, I'm wondering how to, how you would accurately tie, tie that in. And I guess you would, that, that, that beauty and what we would think of as ugliness or peace and war or destruction and creation are tied together. Embracing the paradox. Yeah. And it's the, like, that's the Tao, isn't it? The, the, mm -hmm. and the yin yang sign and, um, each thing coming out of, um, of the kind, and it's also the Zodiac, like from Pisces to Aries and back. Um, each thing is coming out of, of another thing. And um, I guess our society was so artificially set up to be, especially in the West and in the first world, to be buffered from that, that it's a real comeuppance to be thrown back into it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Bring this back a little bit more. How can shifting our perspective on the nature of the universe help us be less subject to the hype and hysteria that we're being exposed to right now? Um, I well, what I find is um, is just just bring your attention to away from that. Um, not so much away from its reality for you, but away from the kind of media um, um, uh, kind of rendition of it. I found that the more attention I put on the internet and on the television, the more discouraged I become and also in some ways the less um, aware. And if I go away from that and do anything else, if I write, if I do my Tai Chi set, if... Um, if I, I've been experimenting with a drum and, uh, and, and kind of shamanic journeying. And each of those things immediately not only puts me in touch with a larger sense of self and reality, but it puts me in touch with a larger sense of what's happening globally. It, it, it just happens. Um, it's, so, it's so present and the world is so suffused from it, with it that you almost have to break off from the public narrative in order to feel it. And then you can go back into the public narrative. I don't, I, I think some parts of the public narrative are amazingly insightful and interesting and, and, and necessary to hear, but you can't, uh, I, I think anyway, lock into it and follow it as if that's, that's the truth. And that's the, that's the story and the guide to where we are. I've, well, if you if you do that, aren't you becoming part of the problem rather than part of the solution? Throwing in well, your vote, if you will, with with the uh, status quo. Yeah, you you can be. It's these these addictions and distractions are um, potentially deadly for us because um, they cut us off from our own our own power, our own energy. And our own capacity for for individual vision. So there's a lot of value in the in the old forms, Tai Chi, um, shamanism, meditation, to bring us back into the whole versus being hyper focused on the hype, if you will. Is that, yeah, is that and, what you're offering there? You have to pick the ones that that you're comfortable with. 
like I can, I have never gotten that comfortable with yoga. Sorry. I mean, it's just, I mean, maybe one pose here and there, but I found myself sort of forcing myself to do yoga and it wasn't doing any good. But I found on the other hand that my Tai Chi set was helpful. And I began going back to my instructional video from Peter Ralston and relearning the moves at a deeper level. And then that also deepened my relationship with um, COVID um, in a subtle way. So that was a better path for me. But I think for somebody else, there might be an entirely different path. Um, it's, it's what individually is suited to you. And, and that probably has a lot to do with genetics too, doesn't it? Maybe. Yeah. I, I suppose it has something to do with genetics. Um, yeah. But... I wouldn't want to get too hung up on that um, because there are so many other uh, like patterns and motifs that we're coming out of. So when we when we're doing these practices, a lot of them we're engaging the body. Um, how do you think that affects our ability to stay centered and grounded in all that is versus pulled off course into the hype and hysteria? Well, the body is more than just the body. The body is also the depth of the mind. And what we think of as the mind is just this portion we go into, which has the stories in which we get trapped. So when we go into the body, I feel we're going into the deeper mind also. And we're, we're, becoming more immediate because we're relating to the sensations right at the moment. Um, and the sensations as they're happening have meaning, but they don't necessarily have language. And if we just sort of surf the meanings, then mm. we go deeper. Mm. Well, we're, need to take another commercial break. We'll pick up on this on the other side. Richard and I will be back shortly to continue our discussion, so don't you go away. This is Mission Evolution on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again simultv.com simultv.com what's simultv.com that's what i asked them they had it written on the side of their ufo how do you spell that ufo no i mean simultv.com 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 right simultv.com interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com ufo last night oh yeah yeah now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. 
Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I love to hear from our audience. Your thoughts are very important to me. To suggest a topic or guest that you think would be of interest, email us at info at missionevolution.org. Speaking of gifted people of service to the world, this hour we're sharing thoughts with Richard Grossinger. His website, richardgrossinger.com. Richard, there's uh, you speak of multi-personal multi-personhood what is that um well i i borrow the term from john friedlander through and it comes from the from the seth teachings that came through jane roberts in the 70s and uh, john has kind of enlarged it and redefined it in the context of theosophy and buddhism and um and other other forms he studied but it basically argues that the self we're aware of is participating unconsciously and even more deep than unconsciousness, more deeply than our unconscious, in a whole community of consciousness that is spread throughout um, the universe and throughout all that is, throughout the many dimensions, and that our identity is from moment to moment being recreated. It's being fed information and is giving information to other beings um, elsewhere. And and 99.999% of this is totally outside our operating system, our sense, our, our awareness. And yet it is making up who we are. And you can use that that kind of it's only a model it's a model for something else which goes much deeper that you can use it to kind of navigate through certain things 
And in my book, I use it as as an alternate in in regards to as an alternate interpretation of so-called past lives. Um, that is, we're not experiencing necessarily or only experiencing a sequence of lives if we um, feel that we remember past lives or we participate in that belief system we are also experiencing simultaneous lives and probabilities and consciousnesses from elsewhere and because of our presence being embedded in time we um, interpret them to ourselves as chronologically sequential lives when they may also be our participation with other consciousnesses in their own in their own being uh, i'm kind of condensing something which is pretty complicated to describe <laughs> it but sounds like it is yes <laughs> hopefully i've gotten the bare kind of lineaments of it so when we're talking about past lives it seems like it's very, very um, confusing, expansive. In other words, I think there's, uh, at this point, there's, you know, when we look at epigenetics and everything else, there's a very strong likelihood that the trauma of our ancestors is passed down through our DNA, which we could tap into and experience as a past life. And now you're talking about almost like jumping timelines or jumping realities um, and experiencing somebody else's life. Is that what you're saying? Well, we would call it somebody else's life, but it's really what we've always known as our own life. And I, again, we always have to come back and say these are just words and they're, they're, they're kind of props and tools we're using to navigate um, mysteries. So if a particular paradigm helps one understand something, even if it's something totally different, different, different kind of different shadings that we missed when we were locked into a particular trajectory through them. I like the, the, the story of the, speaking of stories, of the three blind men and the elephant, and they were taken to experience in an elephant. And one said, oh, an elephant is just like a huge tree trunk. And the other guy goes, no, you're wrong. It's just exactly like a serpent. And the third one says, no, it's like a rope. Okay. Isn't that the way we view reality? Yeah, I guess... I sometimes wonder, like I, uh, I just play the game of picking another person whose behavior seems really different from mine, and I think, how much, how much are we experiencing the same reality in a different way, and how much are we experiencing different realities, and what would it take for me to get from where I am to where that person is? Mm. Uh, Beautiful it, exercise. You, you've been praised as raising a new dimension. Would you please tell us what that means? I don't know who said that or when or or what that's uh, about, but um, uh, I don't I, I mean, we each have our own journey. I mean, mine started in very particular things. I come from a, uh, I mean, I think we all can, can try and put our family in the book of world record, the Guinness Book of World Records for dysfunction. But mine was really bad, and it it produced the suicides of my mother, brother, and sister, oh, my, my only blood relatives in the family. And that really opened things up um, for me. I mean, I lived in that domain as a child, and I felt that I felt the lesion and reality really early. 
And by the time I got to high school, I really threw in with the early counterculture group, the people who had tarot decks, and I continued that through college. And all along the way, I sought both, and this distinguishes me from a lot of the other kind of consciousness-oriented people, is for me, I, I searched in literature and became a literary writer as well as a consciousness seeker. So D.H. Lawrence and William Faulkner and Samuel Beckett and John Keats are all huge influences on me. So the other dimension I feel as though I've opened is that I've simultaneously opened the mystical and the literary dimension and used the, um, the kind of poet's um, open-ended search for truth that doesn't have to be tied to a system and that kind of magically dances on language and reaches out like somebody channeling other consciousnesses. And I've mixed that with myths and, and trainings and systems and tried to create a form, a genre that's different, that allows me a tremendous amount of space um, in which to move about. And so I don't see what I'm doing in anybody else's work. You know, right now, I think people are desperately trying to find the truth. There's contradictory information about what we're going through, about who's doing what, about what we should be doing. What advice do you have for our audience um, about how to use these principles to start embracing a more expansive truth? Um, uh my instinct is to kind of rub, you know, sort of rub against the, the, the kind of implied direction and just say, um, look at whatever you've been resisting, whatever is most uncomfortable, what, whatever, um, you know, go where you don't want to go and see where that leads. Uh, since I just mentioned Keats, it's kind of a Keatsian negative capability, as he called it. Um, just open yourself up to the unknown that's accessible to you. And, uh, and as uncomfortable as it is, just try and assimilate it and um, be friendly with it and, and see where it opens out to in you. You know, uh, my, my friend, one of my friends, one of my students actually, just told me a story. She'd gone out into her backyard and opened up um, the grill, and there were two mice. And their bodies were sticking out in the sunshine, but they had their head in the shadows, so they felt safe. Isn't that kind of like what we're doing with our stories? We aren't really safe within them, so why not let go of them? And we also are the person who went out and discovered the mice and got startled by that. And so... Um, we can be the mice and we can be the person who found the mice and we can be our own startle and and the, the metaphor and I suppose this discussion, because I know we're kind of running on the last thread here. So I'm Yeah, yes, we, we are. In fact we are out of time. Richard, thank you so so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you. Um I think it probably takes the whole show to get back to our starting point. We could now start over and have a real decent conversation. And we'll have to do yeah. that someday. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank our you. guest our guest this hour has been Richard Grossinger, author of forty books, including Plant Medicine, 
the night sky, soul, and cosmos, embryosis, species, gender, and identity, dark pool of light, reality, and consciousness, and his latest, bottoming out the universe, reality, and consciousness. Find out more about Richard and his books on his website, richardgrossinger.com.